Hey everybody, it is Toronto Unicorn here. I am here to interview a very special guest. This is Ruin Willow from the Oh Fuck Yeah podcast. I'd like to let her give her own introduction, so go ahead. Hello, I am Ruin Willow. I am an erotica author and podcaster, as she said, at Oh Fuck Yeah with Ruin Willow. And I am also a voiceover narrator for Not Safe for Work audiobooks and a sex blogger and an editor on Medium. So you are sex on the brain everywhere, just like <laughs> I do. Absolutely, I do, for sure. <laughs> oh, that's great. I'm glad you found your, your calling in, in these different ways of expressing it. I mean, how lucky, in my opinion, how lucky are you to have been able to find a way to make sex and your business work together so well? Like, this is what I'm trying yeah. to accomplish. So how is that for you? Oh, it's great. I mean, yeah, everything's growing. And I, I've really learned a lot. I mean, I never never expected myself to be an audio person. I mean, I just never, that really surprises me that I'm doing the podcast and I'm doing audiobooks. I never would have thought I would be doing this, to be honest. This is shocking me. I've always written. That's okay. something I've done even as a, a young child, but um, audio is completely new and I didn't expect it at all. In fact, I was scared. I was scared to put my voice on Twitter. I was like, oh, what if somebody hears me? Cause you know, I am anonymous and so I was a little bit scared. And now look at me. I've got like, my voice is like all over the fucking place, you know? <laughs> wow. So that's interesting. So when did that shift happen then where you suddenly were like, I want to do this audio side? Well, interestingly, I started out my first foray into doing anything like with sex or erotica was Twitter. Actually, I, on a whim, created a Twitter account. And that's when I recre- recreated or created Raunchy Is. And then I started to post, you know, just little snippets of erotica and just like things about sex. And then I started to do some images of myself. And then about maybe four or five months into it, I decided, why not like wish everyone, you know, who's listening to my account, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. It was a really super short little audio and it was black. Like I did it on my phone and it was black. And then I posted it and people like started going, I love your voice. I love your voice. And I kept hearing it over and over again. And I was like, you what? (laughs) I was like, are you kidding? Are you serious? And so people kept responding. So I kept doing more and more audios. I would read a little snippet and and then it kept growing. And then people started saying to me, you should really do a podcast. And I was like, how can I do a podcast? They're like, you have a great voice for it. You're creating erotica. You could have guests on. You should do a podcast. And I kept hearing it over and over again. And so I, I started it. And that was two years ago. And about the same time as that, it is happening, happened. Um, a director for a publishing company heard my voice on Twitter and asked me to narrate some audiobooks. Wow. And so that was kind of happening at the same time. And now I've got you know, almost 250 podcast episodes and I don't know, maybe 50, 55 audiobooks out there. So it's mm-hmm. just exploded. I did not expect it at all. <laughs> is it mostly in the erotica sex genre? It is. I have a couple under my real name and I have one I'm doing right now that I'm going to be starting real soon is in the fantasy genre. Okay. He is the author that writes erotica and non-erotica like in fantasy so I'm really kind of nervous because you know how fantasy books are they have like these crazy 
you know, city names and words and names. And I have to do a, um, a Scottish accent, you know, so how on earth you pull that out of your back pocket, you know, I don't know. He's like, well, if you can't do it, don't worry. But if you can manage it, that would be cool. So we'll see. I mean, I have done a few accents, not a whole lot because, you know, I'm not really trained in this. I'm all kind of self-taught, but on YouTube, there's all these people that like, you know, you can listen to and be like, they'll kind of teach you how to have different accents from around the world. That's so cool. So you are anonymous, as you said, so no one really knows mm-hmm. your face to your voice per, per se. Nice. Would you agree? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So I've yeah, noticed I guess a lot partial of face, but. <laughs> but a lot of people in this podcasting world tend to, to be anonymous in the sexual genre. I, I know mm-hmm. many that aren't as well, but it's surprising to me how, in my opinion, it's still so mysterious. Like about who you're talking to. And then like, it's like, shh, we're talking about sex, you know, still. I know, I know. I hate that. I mean, why is it, why does it have to be like that? And Mm -hmm. it shouldn't be. And part of my issue too, is I write under my real name and I have a very clean podcast under my real name as what a podcast. Oh yeah. I do have a podcast there too. What am I talking about? I just started up. Yeah. I'm doing another podcast under my real name. I'm crazy. I'm insane. And I also have a website under my real name. So it doesn't mesh with sex. And I don't want people to not work with me because I talk about sex under Ruin Willow. That's true. You know? That's a good point. So it kind of sucks. I kind of, I hate it. I, I really wish I could show my face and maybe yeah. someday I will, but. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. It's interesting that I'm, I'm just so brazen myself and I'm so bold mm-hmm. on YouTube telling about, you know, my last anal sex, but like, for me, I come into the podcast world with my little you know, backpack full of experience of, of YouTube and I looking around and I was like, is this not how other people do it? Like, I, you know, like I'm still learning to play, but, but I do like that these, you know, there's this space out there for people to have these discussions, whether or not they're, you know, anonymous or not. For some people, uh, even on like the, the caller side or the listener side, they mm-hmm. might enjoy the anonymous factor because then they can create in their head who, yeah. you know, they very can, true. Right. So, so that's very, but I want to say, but I want to say to you too, like, yeah, you're talking about not doing it how other people do, but you know, being you is huge. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you, you don't need to copy other people, be you. And the people who are, you know, successful are often just being themselves. They're not copying other people. You know what I mean? I do. And that's why I wish that I could package this lesson we learned as like, for me, I learned this lesson late my like my life, my thirties. Right. I'm like, what the fuck? If I had gone back in time with the piece yeah. of information of, it doesn't matter what people think of you because those people are just as concerned about their own, you know, other people's opinion of them. And it's all just ridiculous. I feel that way too. Like I wish when I was younger, I had the mindset I have now where I don't give a fuck. I want to do what I want to do and I don't give a fuck. And I, you know, and I think that does come with age. That is the, that's the thing, you know, you don't know it when you're younger because you are younger. And for me, it was something that, just it, and it keeps growing that's what I want to say it's like it keeps getting stronger that I don't give a fuck you know I'm gonna be who yeah. I am I don't give a fuck you it's know it's not getting bottled any back up it's not there's nothing going no. to the bottle here you know no. stop giving a fuck we're not I going backwards <laughs> it's true no. you know I've got to say I'll just a brief moment uh sidetrack I remember when I used to step on the scale and like have every pound determine my mood for the day. And Mm -hmm. and now I fast forward to my, my place of not giving a fuck anymore. And (laughs) I remember I recently gained some weight. I don't know what I weigh. I actually don't, I don't step on a scale. I even like, don't look when like my doctor does because I'm like, 
but basically I noticed that I started to gain a little bit of weight. And so for the first time ever, I grabbed a fucking, you know, whatever, 2X bikini, and I put myself in a bikini on YouTube because I said, okay, I'm going to thrive no matter what. And for the first time ever, I've never felt so free because I thought no, you know, five pounds, 10 pounds is going to break me. I am going to be a body positive advocate and show it right? Show it that even when I'm insecure, I can just fucking own it and be like, you know what? Sometimes you've just got to accept that life and your happiness is not determined by these, you know, cultural acceptance criteria. Fuck that shit. People like authenticity, even if authenticity is plus size, you know? (laughs) Fuck that shit. Exactly. (laughs) And you know what is more, you know, what's more sexy than a pound number of pounds is confidence. Yes, it's true. Confident in who you are and not caring and being like, this is me. That is much sexier than someone being like, ah, uh, I wish I could lose five pounds, 10 pounds, 20 pounds, 30, 40, 50. You know, I mean, it's I know. so true. It's true. And I'm glad that we do learn it, whether or not late, late to the party or not. Um, <laughs> yes. And it's nice that we can also show with our sexual liberation, because I think we're pretty liberated ladies, that... Yep we are, you know, creating the space for others who might be still coy about the topic yes. of sex and hear from us that aren't so coy. And in a right. way, we warm them up a bit. We war- we take off yeah. and the taboo um, off some of these topics. And I think that's what I really like about talking to other fellow sex positive podcasters is we're all mm-hmm. working in the same arena uh, in a similar mission, on a similar mission. So. Oh, good. absolutely. And, you know, I just, I'm very open like you are, like, Mm -hmm. I have no problems talking about, you know, my orgasms, what happens to my body, what I do, what I like, what sex toys I like. Like, I love to do that. Actually, I think it's great. And I feel liberated and empowered. And I love to share. I love to help people. Maybe if they hear what I say, it might help them. Exactly. And it does. I've seen firsthand, you know, just like, you know, pen meets paper. I have seen, uh, um, it happened to me recently. That's why I'm bringing this up. I put a video out on YouTube that was very powerful. It's it's the interview with Edward, or sorry, Arnold Lane. It is uh, podcast episode 12. It was a man who was middle-aged, uh, overweight, um, single guy, didn't think there was a place for him in the sex club culture, just was on the outside oh, yeah. looking in and life felt that way for a while. Mm-hmm. And he literally was encouraged to come and take a chance on the sex club because of my videos and my encouragement. He did. Um, he assimilated well. Suddenly this man within one visit is thriving. He's, he's literally living in his body differently. He is dating. Wow. He is having, you know, he started jerking off again for the first time in a while. Like he nice. had the sexual flow come back through his body. Nice. It still gives me goosebumps. I know that's Sorry. like, that's getting me too. Like that's fantastic. And I, yeah. what a beautiful story. I mean, True. think about how much time he's wasted, but look how great it is now. So, you know, focus on the fact that he's got to this point it's instead true. of being like, you know, and he was, he didn't think that he had the interview. I interviewed him, right? He didn't think that he had the story yet because he didn't have sex yet. He just went to a sex club. Oh. And I said, no, no, no. I said, you have the mm. story. Um, yes. So I interviewed him. So here's where it gets crazy. It's a great interview. <laughs> then I put it up on YouTube. I don't normally put my podcast content up on my YouTube anymore because it's for podcasting. Mm. Um, but right. this time I said, that story is so important. I need to get it out. And I did yeah. put it out. And within 12 hours, Ruin, 12 hours, I was at the club. A fan walked up to me and said, are you trying to unicorn? I've seen you on YouTube. Wow. What video have you seen? Oh, I saw this 57-minute interview with a man named Arnold Lane. 
Oh, yeah. really? And is that the reason you came today? And he said, yes, he had never been to a sex club before. He heard wow. that story and he showed up. And not only that, because he was a, a viewer and a fan, I tend to like take them under my wing a little bit. And <laughs> yes. I was like, sure. Do you want a tour of the third floor, which is where all the sex happens? And while oh. I was giving him a tour, one of my friends offered to include him in the scene that she was running. And so oh, wow. he suddenly is having sex. And I was like cheering him on, like the girl that he saw. Oh, wow. And I guess it was, it was the story of Arnold Lane was powerful enough. And then to share it and to have someone else take that chance and also thrive. It gives me goosebumps to think what we're doing. We're lighting people's light and then they're lighting other people's light. And it is a beautiful start of a movement. I think of a sex positive movement and a get the fuck out of vanilla world. If you feel trapped movement. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. absolutely. (laughs) I love that. It's so true though. Like I think about that too. And I'm like, there may be somebody across the world that listens to a podcast and it changes their life. I mean, that's fucking huge. It is. This is so important, you know? It I is. mean, I just, and I think of some of these countries where they're so restrictive of the people, you know, where they don't even let them, you know, sex is even more taboo than it is in America. And I think, wow, you know, maybe they'll hear something and maybe it'll change their life. It'll give them better quality of life. Even if they can't even do what you're talking about in some way, it may impact them for better, better sex life, better masturbation, or just even hear the message that masturbation is not bad because there's so many out there that are fucking saying, Oh, it's evil. Oh, you better not do that. Oh, that's like cheating or, you know, all this stupid shit. I just, I just think that people, I, I don't mean to be insulting to anybody, but people care a lot about what people think about them who also told them their dick would fall off if they touched it. So like, do you really get right. shit with the people who fucking lied to your face to get you to not have a sexual good right. feeling? You know, like, like who right. cares? Break the fucking, you know, you're free now. No one's checking in on you. No one's going to be in your Facebook feed being like, you're a whore now. Like, no, fuck off. People are living mm-hmm. their lives. Um, yes. People aren't really that concerned about everyone else. I think and, and for the most part. Right. So yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's so, it's so nice to live like this. Um, oh, I love that. And yes. And just, you know, education too, because there's probably, you know, there's a lot of countries out there, people that don't even get any kind of sex ed. So, you know, I, that's sometimes why I like to put things out there that are, you know, just flat out talking about female empowerment or sex or the clit, because, you know, some places you can't even say the clit. Some countries, women might not even know what a clit is. It's true. It's very true. And I, I'm not going to lie. I know this is a really overshare, but welcome to Trotty Unicorn. Um, <laughs> I still don't know where to aim the cup when I'm doing a pee sample down there. I just hope that, <laughs> and you, you would think that I'd have good odds, but I don't, I miss. Um, and so it, it goes to show that even women don't know our own anatomy. And like, I certainly couldn't find my first, you know, clitoris in, in, in a new vagina. Like I had, I had trouble um, the first, right, the first right. one and, and maybe one other one later, but <laughs> it goes to show that we did have like in my cultural, sorry, liberal kind of country, like I'm Toronto, Canada. I had a yeah. comprehensive sexual education, which basically was not abstinence only because there's two different kinds because yeah. I, when I was in grade 12, did my final presentation of my, my class on sex ed curriculum abstinence only versus oh, comprehensive and that goes nice. to show that I have always wanted to be into the sex world <laughs> I've always wanted to be a sex educator and I yes. gave a shit about it so yeah, yeah. So I, I still actually have my notes on that but basically I didn't even know I, it was new to learn that there is some schools that taught abstinence only that yes. meant oh no we're 
talk about what happens when you put the dick in the pussy because that doesn't happen here, you know? Right. Good yeah, mine God. was crap. Mine was basically maybe a little bit of functionality about birth and, you know, men get an erection, but there was no mention of clit. Like I didn't, when I was a kid, I didn't know, I didn't know I had a clit. I didn't even know what that meant for a good chunk of my life. I didn't know, to be honest, I didn't understand. I didn't understand how to even stimulate myself. And Mm. honestly, what really, you know, sure I would masturbate, but I had issues because I had a lot of shame as a child. My mother shamed me for touching myself. So, oh, wow. Yeah. Oh yeah. I like to tell a story because I think it's, yeah. yeah, you do. You do. And so, you know, sex toys really helped me understand my body and my clit. And so I think they're valuable, so valuable, not just to get off, but just to learn about your body. It's true. And that's why I also think there's room for sex education about sex toys, because when I yes. was getting my sexual <laughs> drive back, I was like, okay, mm. I'm going to, I'm going to put money where my mouth is. I am going to buy good shit. And I was like, starting yeah. to get into anal play. And so I went and bought this $180 mm. uh, vibrating. We'll do their dishes for you. Fucking anal plug basically. Right. Like, <laughs> like all the bells and whistles. And yes. I damaged my ass because it was more of a oh. intermediate to expert size. And so that's what I didn't know. I thought, let's get the yeah. $100 one. That's got to be better than the other ones. That's what yeah. people can still make these mistakes, let alone the, you know, mm. putting something in your ass that doesn't have a tapered end on it. That is. Oh, weird. exactly. Right. Very yes. Weird. You don't want to end up, you're going to end up in the emergency room because you could lose that thing. You know what I'm saying? Yes. And it's happened and they, of mine. Yeah, it's happened. It's, yeah. it's very, but it will happen if you do that. Yes. Yes. Um, yes. So we, we digress so many ways, but it was a fun <laughs> digression. <laughs> I know, but it's true though. But you know, and the other thing I want to say about sex toys is some people try when they're like, oh, it's not for me. You have to try lots of different kinds because your body's going to react differently to different sex toys. And the thing I learned recently, I had some um, educators on my podcast and I knew this, but I didn't really understand it the way they explained it, but there are different size clits. Yeah. You know, like I had really never thought about, like I'd seen a few that almost look like a penis, you know what I mean? Like on, on, on corn, great. But some of them can be as small as like a grain of rice. And then I think they said medium is like a kernel of corn. And then Hmm. the large is like kind of like a date or something. But I mean, and that's going to impact your pleasure, the way you stimulate yourself, the sex toys you react to. Yeah. All of these things, because the woman with a really small clit, when she says, she's like a rain of a grain of rice, she said, I go numb easily with sex toys. So I have to use the right kind of sex toys. Otherwise, I numb myself and I can't get off. Wow. Interesting. Interesting. I know. I, had, I didn't know that. So. And I actually you know. stay away from those fancy shaped ones that are meant to be like, we hit all the spots at the same time, because guess what? Not of all, all of our spots are in the same place on different size bodies. <laughs> that's and true. That's I so have true. had to bend a fucking vibrator to make it hit. And who wants to be doing that when they're trying to fucking orgasm? And I just oh, thought, I know. no, they're, you know, not one size fits all. No. So I right. have had bad experiences trying to find ergonomic, you know, perfectly fitting things, but mm-hmm. you can get fantastic sex toys out there if you just keep trying. So, uh, yeah. And the one I really want to try, which is super expensive is through mystery vibe. They're mm-hmm. really expensive. I mean, you're talking like 200, $300, but they're bendable. So you can fit it to your body. They're all, it just blows my mind. I had the CEO of mystery vibe on my podcast and wow. amazing what they've created. And they've created this sex toy that helps a man keep an erection during sex 
And it has a portion of it that hits the woman's clit at the same fucking time. Wow. That's, that's huge because you don't have to use any kind of pills to keep your erection. You can use the toy. Isn't that crazy? Well, it is. I already fuck a man that uses a cock ring and I'm telling you, I mean, I, it, it's a fantastic accessory for a man. Like you, you can absolutely yeah. have a, you know, advantage to your sex. If you understand and use a cock ring, if you, if you would value that kind of thing. Right. Um, but I had, I think men need to get over a bit of their ego. I'm not going to lie. Like, yes. There's, yes. you know, <laughs> I think it, it, I understand, right. Like there's, for example, penis sleeves, which I've pointed out on a video on YouTube where um, you can literally put it over your dick. It's like an extension cord sometimes, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, you're not going to feel the sensation when you're fucking somebody. But for example, if you have a small dick and you are dating somebody and, and you want to make them scream and you want to give them that experience that you, maybe they're craving, Sometimes yeah. you can just put it, put it on your fucking dick, man. Like if you are going to yeah. go as a man and, and, and soup up your fucking, you know, small car and put big wheels, why can't you do shit for yourself? Why right. can't you, and if it, is it really about whether your dick feels it? Is it really important for your ego or do you want to feel the penetration and the screams and the vibrations of fucking yes. her or, you know, him, whatever with a bigger toy um and i think those are the things that are underutilized because of the ego but yes, yep. uh, man if i if i dated a man or fucked a man who brought over like his little sex toy chest with him and they were like clean moldy mm-hmm. kind of thing i would yeah. be i'd be impressed yeah oh for sure and you know it doesn't mean that he's not going to come then you know after they've done that then you go on to get him to come he's not going to not come you know exactly yeah, exactly yeah. it's not like his dick's like sitting on the bench it's just <laughs> technically this outing this inning you know just mm-hmm. you know oh for sure oh totally. I'm terrible at baseball so if i keep going down here i'm gonna ruin, <laughs> ruin <our work. laughs> so funny. um so i did listen to some of your samples of erotica and things like that you definitely have a voice for it i mean even just recently when you said oh yeah about something we talked about i was like that's like erotica like I, I didn't have that kind of you know sound so I guess I you know as somebody myself who was just getting into podcasting and stuff I would love to get into erotica so can mm. you tell me a bit about your journey specifically with erotica and uh and what kind of erotica you like the most sure um well I I like I've said before I've written my entire life I didn't really get serious about writing until about 2016 and I really wrote a lot under my own name for several years and I did get a, a YA romance, which is, you know, a teen romance novel published with a small publisher. And that was just before COVID was hitting. And then I got another contract for them as well, but the book still hasn't gone live yet. Um, they're still recovering, but I wanted to write something sexy. I wanted to write about sex because to me, relationships, uh, they have fucking in them, right? So it was like only telling part of the story if you're just telling only the romance. So I started writing erotica. And like I said, I started on Twitter. I started a a website and people were reading my stuff. I've written really, really smutty stuff. I've written all the way up to erotic romance because there's gradient there. And they're all different amounts of sex in the stories. And I, I write kind of all across the board. Like I write lesbian stuff. I write age gap. I write multiple partner um let's see i obviously do heterosexual you know threesomes foursomes more um i don't know it's hard for me to pick a favorite because i have so many things i'm kind of one of these people that gets turned on by a lot of things and it doesn't mean that i even want to do all these things 
but they still might turn me on. And what's interesting in erotica, in erotic fiction, people think that just because I wrote something in a story that I want to actually do it. And I'm like, hmm, how does that work? Because do you think Stephen King wants to do every fucking story, a thing he's done? He wants to murder people and be a psychotic killer. No, he's writing a story. He's creating characters. He's creating a story. But And I don't know why people think that about me, but they think, you know, everything I write is something that I, I want to do in real life. And I'm like, no, I'm creating stories. I'm creating characters. Um, it's interesting. I don't know if it's because it's about sex and it's so personal. Well, that's actually really helpful because if I was to get into erotica, I would naturally orient myself to things that would feel like my genre, my ideas, my fantasies. Um, I don't think I would read someone else's stuff just because I don't, I don't tend to do that in anything I do. Um, Mm -hmm. But basically I just, it didn't occur to me that I could create a version of something that isn't true. Like that's, I'm not, I, I know it may seem obvious to you, not. So that's good. I wrote things down, you know, like literally I'm, like, I'm learning here. And you know what I've got to say is that the most powerful thing I've heard you think, I think you've said all night so far is that you, you noticed sex was missing from the other stories. And yes. that's true because look at TV. There's no sex mm-hmm. on, on these like sitcoms that we grew up watching, really. Like they just go into the yep. room, the door closes, and it's like, okay, yep. you know, yep. procreated, you know. Um that's, <laughs> that's what we got. And so to feel to to feel like you found this landscape of you know uh, writing and all of that, mm-hmm. and was like, hey, where's the sex? Like, why isn't right. Anybody, right? So thank goodness there's people like you who are filling this space, you know. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I think it's good to write from a place, you know, write things that you know, but you can still research stuff and write stuff you haven't done. And you know, I, I was on a podcast recently and they were actually picking on me because I hadn't done all of the BDSM things I included in my book and I'm like well number one you know I am I researched it but number two there are so many authors out there that write things that they've never done look at the entire fucking genre of science fiction and fantasy they ain't fucking gone to the moon fucking shut up you know that's a good point that's a very good point I've, I've had sex. I know it, obviously I've had lots of sex. But, so I, I don't think that you have to have done every single little thing you've done. You can put yourself in that place and imagine it. That's what imagination is. That's what fantasy is. This is what you do when you're masturbating, right? Yeah. You're, 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 you're imagining yourself in it. There's no reason you can't do that as an author. That's BS. That's you can draw from your experiences for sure. And it's good to write what you know, but you don't have to have done every single thing. And I just, I think that's a total BS attitude. It's true. I will say one thing that I noticed though, once I got into the kink friendly world is I noticed Mm -hmm. when a movie, for example, Mm -hmm. tries to cover BDSM and does it a little wrong. Yes, Um, that I get totally. (laughs) It's a funny movie. It's not the, I don't know. I don't know the name, but basically the, the woman was the dominant, but she was wearing the collar. Oh, right. See, then they didn't do their research. They didn't do their research. They didn't have a consultant, perhaps, you know, they didn't research. They didn't know. Right. (laughs) There's that out there too. You're going to get that kind of shit too. Like the whole um, 50 shades of gray. Everybody says that's just like, a you know, I never read it or looked at it because everybody said it was written so poorly. And I'm like, well, why am I even going to go there then? Even though it's made a big splash, but a lot of it, people say it's just total BS, you know? Well, I'm not gonna lie. For for a lot of people I knew, um, it was the first time they had ever gotten erotically charged from such a mainstream thing. Yes, Something so that new. was a yeah. 
it made a huge splash. It is an important splash because it brought that about, yeah, that movement. It did. And in some weird way, it made me understand the appeal of dominant submission, even if at that Mm -hmm. time when I watched it, it wasn't for me. Now, fast forward now, and I am absolutely enjoying dominant submissive role playing. Mm -hmm. It's fantastic for me. Um, Yes. Yeah. So it's fun that, um, you know, all these little nuggets of a BDSM planted throughout the way led to my understanding, <laughs> led to my comfort. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's nice to know that in a way we're all contributing to the storylines of other people's sexual understanding of themselves too. And, and your yes. is, is I'm sure helped many people, you know, feel sexually connected. Right. And, and that's really cool. right. Well, I had a really exciting um, thing that what I was doing today, I was looking on Spotify and there was a comment that a man made that about I I had done a little clip of one of the anthologies I'm in and it's a femdom anthology and he said I, I just I really liked what he said he said you know I listened to this and he's and he's like it helped me realize fantasies at, and turn-ons that I didn't even know I had and I'm like that's fucking gold man that's just awesome love that so true and remember the story of Arnold Lane I told you about he mm-hmm. found himself uh, at a club. He was telling me about this on the vi- in the video where a woman started ripping his chest hairs out, and he's mm-hmm. like, "It feels it hurts so good." He's like, "I didn't know <laughs> my life pain, but what?" <laughs> so this middle aged man is learning now. I might like mm-hmm. pain, right? Yes. A lot of people right. like pain. I gotta say, whether you understand mm-hmm. it or not, please don't judge anything you know in this lifestyle. For me, I didn't understand pain. Um, I don't personally want want pain, but then recently mm-hmm. I had anal sex and technically there's negotiated consensual pain. And and I'm mm. like, okay, I'm a, I'm a fucking liar. Like, I mean, you know, there's like a little bit where I understand the intimacy of pain. But again, it goes mm-hmm. to show that even though I'm a very liberated and sexually empowered women, woman, I still have my own hangups on things that I'm still yeah. in my own mind and being like, holy shit, I can technically understand why someone would want that now even if I don't want it still and that is something that you can develop with some more exposure and 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 in my opinion desensitization to some of these things yeah I feel like too for me the more I've done with writing erotica the more I've been exposed to the more people I interview I am just so not judgmental at all like I'm I'm not going to judge people yeah. I've learned, I'm, I'm, I mean, I was already open to begin with, but now I'm like just massively open. I'm not going to judge people, you yeah. know, yeah. you know, it, I don't know. I just don't like the judgment anyways. I just think it's stupid. It's like, why, why do we even need that? We don't need that. You know, again, who cares what people think? Well, this is what I thought was, I don't normally bring up negative comments that I get on my channel or, or TikTok, but one guy wrote, um, oh, is this the kind of people that go to this X club? Isn't there fit people? Cause otherwise I'm not going and okay. I responded and I said technically we don't like judgmental people so it's not, maybe you should stay home anyway <laughs> right like yes. I mean don't stop me thinking you're insulting me when you're disqualifying yourself right yeah. um, so I found in a way the non-judgmental is is such a you know accepted norm culturally in the sex positive lifestyle that yeah. it sets everyone free everyone when you become yes. accepting of the people around you you become accepting of yourself and yes. it's so cool Oh, for sure. Oh, totally. I mean, you know, and, and one thing I want to mention, we said earlier too, that there, that, uh, science has proven there's not that much difference between pain and pleasure. Like the, it's, it's a sensation that's similar one to the other and it's a fine line. So for people that like it, it's, it's yeah. odd that we, that we 
poo-poo it and be like, oh no, yeah. that's bad. That's evil. That's abuse. That's the one I hate too. When people think it's actually abuse. It's like, yeah. oh, that's, that's consensual. That's, you know, it, what's abusive is if somebody doesn't know what the fuck they're doing and they're not educated and then they do it and they actually do hurt someone. And that's why I do get a little worried about the lack of sex education, because these people who are learning about sex are watching hardcore porn. Some of the genres of porn out there that I'm not going to lie that I even, you know, can masturbate to would be offensive Mm -hmm. to me in real life. Um, Yes. And so they best not come in thinking they can treat me like that or they'll find out real Mm -hmm. quick that they can't. Mm -hmm. And that's the issue is, is guys who... And I, I speak about guys generally, but like, you know, and I, I don't mean to, to, to group everyone together, but yeah. they can be impressionist. Like they can take in it. Oh, that girl liked it in that movie. So I'm going to mm-hmm. go and like, I had a real story. I'm not going to out anyone, but a real story of friends that hooked up and the guy was so rough with this girl without permission, like just oh. her against the wall by the neck, because that's what he, like, that's how he had sex or that's what he thought he, she wanted. And it, yeah. it, afterwards we talked as girls a little bit. And I felt bad because she wouldn't even tell him that she didn't enjoy it. Like she was just, she just went with it. And I'm just like, oh my God, this guy still doesn't know not to fuck women like that without permission. Like you have to make sure women want that. Yeah, communication. And she needs to, she needs to step up and say it, you know? I mean, I know it's a hard thing to do, but if she doesn't, he's never going to learn. Yeah. And then he'll go do it to somebody else, you know? I mean, communication is totally key. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um, is there anything that I would say you're really proud of in your career so far and in this sex, sex positive space, something that you'd like to reflect on? Um, I'm really proud that I have a wide range of things on my podcast. Like I just recently did a podcast with a submissive man and he's out there being an advocate for submissive men. And I have male, male authors on, I have you know, people that are just all these different people. And I'm really proud of the wide range of people in the sexuality realm that I have on my podcast, you know, and and definitely some of the podcasts are more popular than others, but I'm still really happy and proud that I can put all of them out there. And yes, it may not be a popular viewpoint. It may not be a popular episode, but that's okay. It's going to impact someone. It's going to help someone. That's a good way to put that. Yeah. What are your most popular genres? Um, well, actually, my erotica episodes tend to do the best um, on the podcast. They tend to do better than the interviews, which is odd to me because I hear so many comments about the interviews, too. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> but, you know, I don't know. Maybe people just like the, the idea of just sitting back and listening to a story and immersing themselves. Or maybe, maybe perhaps. Do it, you know, they do a little exactly. over and over again. Maybe they, you yes. know, listen to that on a playlist <laughs> or something, right? So you get right, all these extra right. downloads. <laughs> I do think that happens because I have heard people say that, oh, I listened to this again, you know, like. You know, and I love that. I love that they do. And I love that it's enjoyable to them. And I, I got to admit, I love, I love getting people off. I love to know that they enjoyed themselves and they got some stress relief. They had some fucking fun. Yeah. It's healthy. And I love to promote that. That's so fantastic. So you, yeah. So you, your podcast is a bit of a mixed bag. So why don't you tell everyone about your podcast and, uh, and, and so that they can all your links as well so that they can find you. Yeah. So my podcast, I have a mix of, you know, a lot of authors, uh, people that know about sex, experts, people who are sex coaches. I have erotica authors. 
and I have a lot, a whole lot of erotica as well, mine and others. Um, so I really like to include, you know, just discussion, you know, like just anything about sex. And so that's kind of my criteria. I like to just have, somehow have my guests talk about sex in some way, whether it's solo or in relationships or whatever. And then I do erotica all different kinds. Like I, you know, I touch on all different topics. I don't do just one. It's same thing with my writing. I do the same thing. And I, you know, I'm on Twitter, Franchi is and Ruin Willow. And I'm on Instagram, Ruin Willow author and Ruin Willow. And I'm on ShareSign, which is really, I don't know if you know about that one, but it's a really very sexual platform, which maybe you want to get on too. What is it called? ShareSign. Share some. Okay. There's a lot of naked people on there. I'm not naked on there, but I do post some sexy pics, but um, there's a ton of naked people on there. So it's another place for you to promote your podcast. I am on YouTube and I'm on TikTok and Tumblr. My books are on Amazon and Audible. Um, Let's see, Barnes and Noble, Kobo. Oh, there's so many audiobooks.com. I even have audiobooks on Spotify, which now they're selling audiobooks, which is really cool. Wow, that's um, cool. All right. Yeah. So I'm like, uh, I've, I have stuff all over the place. So I'm really proud of that too, the, the wide range of things. And I'm proud of the fact that I can write a story, I can narrate it, I can edit it, and I can put it out all. I do fucking it all. And I'm proud of that. We do have to wear a lot of hats in this in this business, don't we? we have to do the <laughs> yes, in front of camera, behind camera, you know, all of mm-hmm. it. Yes, so I, I was hoping it got better, but I, I guess it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, I keep adding things. Now I just added editor because my friend asked me to help her be an editor on Medium for an erotic publication of erotic fiction. So now I'm doing that too, which is awesome. But <laughs> yeah, I'm just adding things. I'm not taking things away. <laughs> And it's kind of the same with me too. Like now I have um, my biggest pride and joy is my Amazon storefront. Cause I just got the Canadian oh. one as well. And so I have uh-huh. a Canadian and an, and an American one. Now I, I understand it's, it's, it's a business stream. Sure. I'll, I'll get commissions if, mm-hmm. if people buy things, but yeah. for me, it's also sex education. You want to know what condoms yeah. I personally use and recommended here. Here's the loop. Yes. Scented won't piss off someone's vagina here. That's the one I recommend. Right. Not the toilet paper that won't leave lint in some girl's vagina. Who's over at your place. Yes. How about this brand? So in a way I've decided to really immerse myself in my Amazon storefront as a way of a finding a sustainable business, but also mm-hmm teaching people using, you know, yes. what I do, this is what I recommend. Are you looking for sex furniture? Here's a sex furniture list that you can go. And therefore, even if they just browse around, you know, it's in, uh, entertaining, but if they need a gag gift for someone's, you know, birthday party, that's, you know, or bachelorette or divorce party, you know, I yes. have a, a whole list of things I have found at 3am when I'm doom scrolling Amazon. <laughs> so like, you don't have to, you know, yes. and sex so, toys. You can recommend sex toys yeah. on there, right? Yeah. I'm not going to lie. They like to hide the sex toys. If you search in, yes. they're there, toys, they're not going to mm-hmm. show up. But if you search on Google, Amazon sex toys, suddenly there's a link. Right, right. And they're in weird places, you know, on yeah. Amazon too. They like, they're like hidden away and tucked away. But yeah, that's the other thing about Amazon. They won't advertise anything related to sex. Like, mm-hmm. you know, if you're, if you're an author, you can buy ads on Amazon, but they won't let you do it if you write erotica. Right. So it's there, they'll sell it, but they, they, they keep it hush hush, which sucks because yeah. we can't advertise. It's we can't true. pay for advertisements. So that's total fucking BS. I think it's BS. You're going to sell it, but you're not going to let us advertise it. Okay. 
And we face, in this sex, in this sex positive world that we're in, like we face nothing but resistance from, from right. media, from advertisers, like everywhere, even my podcast, I'm fully able to be monetized on my podcast. I have two of them technically. Yeah. And I don't, I don't technically get the ads that, that come with the, the service provider because I'm sexual content and I'm yeah. just like, Oh, yeah. the love of God, like, let, give me some fucking, give, throw a dog a bone here. Like, I know. It's so, so annoying, isn't it? Gosh. It is. And that's why I think the people who are trailblazers like us and, and other people, you know, we're doing mm-hmm. a service. We're breaking through in every yeah. way we can so that people can hear us and at least know to look for us, at least know to look and search and, and, and come to us for more because they're certainly not going to get shown by their <laughs> friendly algorithms, you know, how to eat, you know, exactly. Pussy, you know? Yeah, uh, exactly. So. <laughs> yeah. No, exactly. Besides, they're not going to find that that way. So yes, we are being trailblazers. I completely agree. And it's, it's a lovely thing. I didn't have kids of my own. I never wanted kids of my own, but then now to feel like in a way I'm having more of a broader impact instead of like a, you know, a certain person, I'm more, I understand Mm -hmm. that the the concept of like, this is my purpose in life. Now I found is to help great people, but also I realized my purpose unexpectedly is body positivity because I got locked into my own mindset for so long. And yep. I live in the same body now that I did, that I was so ashamed of before. And it goes to show mm-hmm. that it is all up here. And when you listen to someone who's gone through a transformation like this, it can help you unwind your own stuckness too. And that's why I use my platform all the time to say, especially for my lingerie, for example, that I put on my YouTube, my Amazon storefront has a, you know, oh, did, you know, as seen on Toronto Unicorn and everything mm-hmm. I have ever worn that is from Amazon shows up there and I list what size I am. Because I'm 2X for the most part in, in, in not, not, not everything, but in underwear and things like that, because I'm a big ass. And so if somebody looks like me who's watching and they don't have lingerie in their closet that fits them, they might, that might fit me. That would, that might look good. And so there's an opportunity to help someone even find sexy in their own, you know, with their body. So, yeah. So that's what I love the the integration now of the, of the, the different pieces of my business that way too. So. Oh, for sure. And you have to be careful because if you buy something from like overseas, their sizes are very different. Like they're much smaller than other, you know, maybe US and Canada, you know, it's, they have a different um, standard. So, you know, a large over there isn't going to be like a large in the US and Canada, I don't think, you know? Yeah, it's true. Um, And there's only one, there's one piece of uh, information I wish everybody who wore lingerie would do is to cut off your tags. Um, oh yes. Somebody <laughs> with o- like OCD tendencies when someone is even doing a strip dance in front of me with a tag all yes. I'm looking at is that tag because it's so distracting. And it is because so it's dumb. usually it's white and you know you're probably yes. your lingerie isn't white so it's like sticking out or you can see it through it because it's see-through you I know like lace them. or sheer. I know, I right? walk up to them and just snip it for them because every it, it, just, it ruins the perfectionness of me of, of the look um but yes. it's one of those things that even my my friends I've noticed that they when they're trying on like when they buy lingerie stuff I'm like why is your tag showing in these photos why is your big white tag showing your sexy photos you know yes exactly. so I like to help people even that way like the, the little tweaks the downward angles you know this is a different look yes. than than coming up at me so right helping mm-hmm. people just find their the the best presentation of themselves too which is oh absolutely because that is definitely thing and that is something that's going to help people feel confident yeah definitely 
Well, it has been a pleasure chatting. Is there any other topic you'd like to leave and uh, leave your mark on my on my listeners? Um, I guess the only thing I would say is uh, check out my books on Amazon. I just won third place in the uh, Golden Pigtail Smut Awards for my my anthology, Decadent Erotica. So I was really excited to win third place. Wow. And I have a new, I know, I was so honored. And You're then smart. also, congratulations. I, <laughs> I know, I'm like, woohoo. And then I have a, a book coming out. I have a the uh, Sex Challenge series. It's a series of novellas and it's book four is coming out now at the end of March, the Hide and Seek Sex Challenge. So the couple is doing, they're doing all these different challenges all day long on a Saturday, trying to make each other come. Okay. And so, <laughs> so wow. this one is called the hide and seek sex challenge. And yes, they do play naked hide and seek and they're trying to make each other come and all these crazy hijinks. It's kind of like erotic rom-com if you want to think of, of it that wow. way. I love that. I love it's that. really fun. Two more books to come out and then it will be a full, then I'll sell it as an entire book as well. So, wow. yes. Well, that's so cool. It's been a thrill to talk to somebody who's so well steeped in this world. Um, I've listened to some of your stuff. You've definitely got the voice for for some, you know, interesting and captivating erotica for sure. So um, but thank, yes, thank you. you do. Thank you for having me. This was a blast. Awesome.